the Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer, near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one today, Karima Sad is here, a Toronto lawyer, journalist, and co-founder of The Line, which is an online magazine. Matt Gurney is here, along with John Burnside, Toronto City Councillor, TTC Chair. And uh, did you bring a word today, or have you been slacking? No, I'm ready for you, and I'm going to use it in the uh, in the round table. In the round table. Yeah. Okay, because I brought one for you, but I've used it before on the air. Ennui. And I still don't know what it means. Yeah, well, actually, that, that would be very ennui. Ennui is just sort of be consumed with uh, turpitude, which doesn't There's help. another word. There's another one. I'm in big trouble this morning. All right. Well, listen, let's talk about the unfunny stuff at this hour, and that is that we had uh, two people shot, a man and a woman, earlier this morning. This comes on the heels of an innocent woman being caught in the crossfire last week. Here are some of the people who were on the scene this morning. This is near Young and Bluer. I was on my way to work, and basically I saw two uh, police cars racing up here, two ambulances. Next thing, five minutes later, they're rushing whoever uh, had cuts, bruises to St. Mike's. That was it. And John Burnside, I'll start with you since you're a city councillor. I call a topic like this a hand wringer because aside from expressing thoughts and prayers, I don't know if there's much to be opinionated about, except maybe we need to find a way to put an end to this kind of stuff. Well, absolutely. I I think one of my concerns is that these sorts of activities, uh, very tragic, but they're becoming uh, normalized. I didn't necessarily support Mark, Mark Saunders, but he talked about the normalization of certain uh, certain activities. And I remember in 2018 when everyone was aghast at gun violence. Uh, now people hardly even talk about it. It's become normalized. The last thing I'll say is, however, is it to solve a problem, you need to properly identify the problem. And no one really wants to talk about the all of the issues that go that end in in these shootings. Uh, we're very uh, politically correct, scared to talk about certain things, and we'll never solve something unless we're honest about what's going on. Matt Gurney, it should be said, we know close to nothing about the circumstances, including the identity of the victims or what relationship, if any, they might have had with their assailants this morning. But still, uh, I I would agree with John Burnside. There does seem to be a, oh, okay, it's Monday, there's a shooting. Oh, no. I mean, it's been happening. And I think for years, we would have accepted this in certain parts of the city. And this is something I wrote about in a column I just wrote a couple of weeks ago. If I could describe kind of the biggest change in Toronto over the last couple of years, it's not new buildings. It's not the possibility sometime in the future of having a subway under Eglinton, although that would be cool. The change is that there used to be bad things that happened in certain parts of the city that you could just avoid. But now they're happening everywhere. And it's needles and parks, it's uh, homeless encampments, and it's shootings. This stuff is not unprecedented in Toronto. What's changing is that it can happen anywhere, anytime, even in neighborhoods where that once upon a time would have surprised you. As to the councillor's point, um, where he said people don't want to talk about this sort of thing. I don't know. John, as you know, I've been talking about this stuff for more than 15 years. Like, you know, I've written over and over and over again that contrary to what the politicians will tell you, that Toronto doesn't have a gun control problem. Our problem in Toronto is not a lack of gun control. Our problem in Toronto is very specifically gang violence. And until we actually begin to address that in a meaningful and effective way, we're not going to make any real 
overall progress on this. The conservatives have been hammering on the liberals on this one for a couple of months, federally talking about bail reform. And John, look, you've already said it. I don't know the circumstances of this morning's shooting, but I do know that that guy who was arrested last week for the uh, stabbing at uh, Eglinton Station, he was out on bail. That is not going to be a silver bullet fix to this problem, but it seems like a pretty good place to start. Kareem Asad, your thoughts? Well, I, I agree. So without having more information, there's really not too, too much we can say. Um, but to Matt's point, this idea that things used to happen in certain communities, not others, um, and now we're seeing sort of a, a blurring of that. We've always been one community, right? And where certain neighborhoods are under-resourced or not taken care of, it's inevitable that there is spillover. Um, so apart from the short-term fix of um, law enforcement, I think, is the go-to, um, we, we really have to start thinking about what is underlying this and, you know, how do we prevent people from joining gangs in the first place, right? What are some of those social determinants? And people who are currently in gangs, how do we work to extricate? And, and I think that's where the conversation, meaningful conversation, needs to happen. So I want to run something past the three of you. This weekend I decided to play a little exercise on Twitter. So this is what I posted. Federal party leader engages in cowboy cosplay at the Calgary Stampede and looks like a pathetic poseur. Which one am I talking about? And Matt, I'll start with you because I'm sure you saw a lot of this action this weekend. This ridiculous sniping and then this dear leader love for one leader or the other because Justin Trudeau and Pierre Polyev both wore cowboy hats. I guess, uh, John, you and I must be broken in very similar ways, because I also love doing inkblot tweets every once in a while, which is to tweet something that is very, very sharp, but also doesn't identify the specific person I'm talking about, and you just wait to see the reactions. It's the cheapest entertainment in town. Like, if you can't afford a movie or a baseball game, send a vague tweet and then just sit back and enjoy it. It is... I don't get it. Like, you know, when I went to the last time I was at the Stampede years ago, I bought a big hat. I bought really gross food. I had uh, a few, we'll, we'll leave it at that, uh, adult beverages, and I had an absolutely wonderful time. I don't understand how it becomes so political here. I, you know, in a weird way, I admire the Prime Minister's willingness to go into kind of the heart of conservative country, put on a shirt that he will not wear again for 364 days, and a big hat that sits in a closet. For Pierre Polyev, though, you would think it would be friendlier territory for the conservative leader, but it really isn't, because he's just, he just doesn't fit the role naturally. Can we just basically give a pass to these two Eastern Canadians? Let them show up and, like, comfortable like summer clothes and, and just enjoy the funnel cakes. Karima said you spend a lot of time on the weekends covering the kind of protesters who fly those F Trudeau flags. So I guess you've seen this level of hostility up front. Sure. And um, I, I, I agree. Um, you kind of, you, you can get it. That, that, that comment applies to both uh, either end of the political spectrum. Um it's it's a silly distraction ultimately, but one that I think people feel good engaging in. Um, and when we think about Twitter specifically, uh, it's also important to remember that a lot of the commentary, I couldn't tell you what percentage, but some percentage of it is artificial. Um, so, you know, the, the, we're watching, observing, engaging with 
things that are not real, not real people. Okay. You know what, John Burnside, I want to jump to a different topic because we've talked about Twitter more than it deserves to be talked about. Uh, let me start with you, though. Uh, they've decided to shut down a bar that has existed for decades inside the headquarters at Toronto Police Service. Probably a good move. It seemed remotely old school for me for it to exist in the first place. A hundred percent. And uh, the question I have is why they didn't do this after the incident of the superintendent being uh, arrested, uh, because that's when you're actually going to get some political capital out of it. They wait two, three months, six months, whatever that time period is. Now we're talking about again it again, reminding people of um, what happened. And, you know, it's very demoralizing uh, for the, the men and women who wear the uniform to, to have to, um, you know, face this, uh, their su superior. Plus, it's also um, erodes public trust. So I think the chief should have done it right away and um, show that he was b being a leader uh, and uh, move on, not do it three months later. Yeah. When I say old school, Kareem Asad, I guess it's because I'm sort of thinking of like the mess halls and the bars that exist on most military bases. And, you know, probably back in the day made sense to have a bar at Toronto Police Service headquarters. Now, not so much. Well, it's kind of an old boys club vibe to it, right? Um, and, and, you know, there's irony in the fact that uh, not only are these the officers who we entrust to uh, enforce law for the general public, but um, internally their discipline, um, it, it there seems to be different layers of rules. Um, it... I'm not surprised by any of this, apart from the fact that it's closed, and I think that that's primarily an optics thing, since people now know it exists. Okay, although, Matt Gurney, as I've expressed, and I'm sure you've been in them as well, uh, there are all kinds of corporations and firms that have a bar operating on their premises, and it's just sort of, well, you know, this is the workplace, and then we kick back once in a while. Yeah, it kind of depends on the scale of the enterprise, right? Like if you've got a very large uh, corporate suite uh, with a large concentration of employees, particularly if there's a lot of customers coming in and out, where that can be a huge advantage, right? Hey, come meet me at the office. We'll have a drink. We'll talk about the deal. You don't need that at a police headquarters. And you mentioned a mess hall on a military base. People live on military bases. In fact, people are ordered to live on military bases. They don't have True. any say in the matter, right? Like Toronto Police Headquarters, if we're actually ordering the constables to stay there, that would be one thing. But even in this case, the constables wouldn't be allowed to drink there. This was for top brass only. Okay, so listen, let's talk about another municipal thing. But I'm going to start with you on this one, Matt. I appreciate your insight. Uh, in Montreal, they've come up with a policy that the bigger your car is, mostly in terms of how heavy it is, the more you're going to pay for a parking permit. And it's, uh, yes, it's environmental uh, feel-goodism, but it's also a response to the fact that some people have cars now that are two and a half lengths long, and they're taking up more of the property. I don't know why people are so desperate to turn me into a libertarian. Like, I get up on Mondays, I show up to do the roundtables, and I'm reading these stories, and I'm just becoming completely radicalized. Going all John Galt? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Next thing you know, I'm going to need a bar upstairs. Um, look, I, I think it, it, we need to decide what we're trying to do here. And, like, you know, I think rather than having every level of government all trying to get their little uh, symbolic lick-in at a problem here, we need to ask what, what our, our goal is here. If we're trying to discourage excess fuel consumption, we have carbon taxes for that. You know, even in the story, like it had said that one of the things Montreal wants to do is it wants to cut back on space being uh, used up. I don't know if they meant like curb space for street side parking, because my
my car and a huge SUV and my wife's little car would all fit in the exact same amount of parking spaces in a parking lot here. All I'm asking is for a little bit of consistency. And rather than having every level of government in every jurisdiction all trying to do something symbolic, let's figure out what the goal is, figure out the efficient way to go about achieving that goal, and then just leave us alone the rest of the time. And John Burnside, the reason I put this on the agenda this morning is I suspect Olivia Chow, the new mayor, may be cribbing from a lot of Valerie Plante, mayor of Montreal's policies. And so this is a very real possibility for this city. Absolutely. And that brings me to my word of the day, which is Pagovian. Uh, tax on a market transaction that creates a negative externality or additional cost borne by individuals not directly involved in the transaction. Uh, this is a great example of that, which, by the way, John, was actually um, this whole the whole movement began in the uh, 70s, basically, and it was Republicans. It's a very conservative idea. Well, it's Chicago school, isn't it? Uh, Milton Friedman. There you go. Yeah. And um, so I actually don't like it because I have a, an SUV, a smaller one that is a hybrid, but I do like the actual concept. Okay. Kareem Asad, last word to you. You drive a scooter. <laughs> Yeah, it, well, that's the thing. So none of these car stories ever apply to me. Um, but I, I, I see what Matt's saying about different levels of government trying to tackle the same problem. Um, and, and I think that's just the reality where there's uh, not great communication and, and vision as to what the objectives are. Thank you all. And there we go. A brand new word. And I kind of misled you on the definition of ennui if you want to use it, because you probably suffer from it on council from time to time. A feeling of listlessness and dissatisfaction. Oh, you're, you're bang on. I'm very excited. We have council next week. There we go. Thank you to John Burnside, Kareem Asad, and Matt Gurney. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.